there were really exceptions, in my opinion. They started with who was Tom. They started in the very first verse of chapter, the Philippians chapter 1, it started with Paul. Started out loud. He introduces himself. And he's with him as he, as he studied it. And then the next verse tells you it's, it's addressed to the descriptions in Philippi. And they open, the, the next thing it does is open with uh, a prayer of praise and blessing. This was kind of the standard uh, way to put a letter together, whether you were a Christian or a Jew or a pagan. They would start their letters with, This is who it's from, this is who it's to, and they would thank God for who they are what they're doing, uh, and, and blessing them. This prayer that we're going to be looking at this morning, Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11, this, this uh, prayer introduces three themes that are woven through the rest of the letter. Uh, most of us, if you read through the book of Philippians, you catch the first thing real quick. The first thing is joy. And rejoice. Paul talks about how he's filled with joy, how he wants them to rejoice in things. He says this over and over and over and over and over. And again, if you were to, you were to take like a, you have a highlighter and go through the book of Philippians and highlight every time he uses the word rejoice or enjoy, uh, you'd find a lot of yellow. Anyway, it's easy to find that. Uh, but there's two other things that aren't necessarily as obvious and we sometimes overlook them. The second one is, is the partnership or their participation in the gospel. How they're working with him, they're together, they're trying to let people know what Jesus can do for them. How, what he's done to change their lives and, and what he can do to change other people's lives. He offends them and praises them and encourages them in their partnership in the gospel. And then the third thing is spiritual growth. He is constantly talking to them about how they need to grow. Um, there's a whole chapter, by the way, Philippians chapter three, 3, where he uses the, the idea of a race. And, and you're, you're not done with the race. you got to press on. There's more laps to run. There's more, there's more things you need to do. You're not done yet. And your attitude is that the, the true follower of Jesus is, I got to keep going. Uh oh. Every one of us who has thought, well, you know, I'm okay. Maybe through 2018, don't need to worry about 2019. I don't really need to change. Paul saying, well, grow up. Grow up because you need to keep running. It's not time to take a break. Don't sit down on the track. Just trip somebody up or. It's stampeded. Either way, you're going to be in the way. Just got to keep moving. So here's, here's what Paul says. Uh, he opens his, his letter to them, his prayer of thanksgiving and blessing for them. At the beginning of his letter, there, where he introduces these three things. Here's what he says, Philippians chapter 1, let's start reading verse 3. I thank my God every time I remember. Every time I read that, I'm changed by that. How many people in your life can you say that about? I thank God every time I read it. 
to say, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. There it is. First time he shows up, I pray with joy. He goes on in verse 5 and says, Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day of come out, from your participation in the gospel, being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I hold you in my heart. And whether I am in pain or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Make that theme of partnership and participating together. Goes on in verse eight and says, "God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ." And this is my prayer for you. This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. Knowledge and justice and knowledge and justice insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless to the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of the righteousness that comes in Jesus Christ. To the, to the glory and praise of God. If I understand Paul's prayer for these people correctly, he prays that their spiritual growth will never cease. May your love abound more and more. Pray that your love may abound more and more. The two greatest commandments, Jesus said, are to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Love is the sum total of everything God wants from us. And Paul says to them, I pray that your love will abound more and more. Until the day you see Jesus face to face. So, if you're still in this world, perpetuating and preserving how things stand is the right time and option as far as Paul is concerned, and is not an option for us. Our love must abound more and more. It must grow huge and huger and huger. Pick it up for me. That's true. You, you cannot arrive at a level of spiritual growth where your love no longer needs to abound more and more. Not in this world. There's not a place where we can ever get where we can go, hey, Nobody has love like Jesus. I love like Jesus. That's the last week he asked me for a Now you know how that sounds, right? Think I've got it all together. Your growth in love does not happen automatically or accidentally either. It, it, is, it is not something you can just go with the flow on because if you go with the flow, you will not abound in love. Abound, maybe in staying the same, you may abound in the being unloving, 
find the goal. It's not a resolution, by the way. But you need to find the goal that the Spirit wants you to reach. Abounding more and more in love comes deliberately, comes through deliberately and intentionally, defining God's truth, God's grace, and the power He gives us in order for us to grow. It doesn't happen automatically or accidentally. It comes when you listen to the Holy Spirit and you say, This is what I want to do in your life in the next few months and years. It's not about us setting unrealistic expectations like reading the Bible for two or three times. That's not a bad thing. I'm not, you know, if you read the Bible for two or three times, don't tell me I can speak the book. You know, but we need to intentionally, deliberately combine truth with truth. The truth about who we are, because the Holy Spirit says, okay, this is something we need to work on. And His grace, because, you know, how He says it, we need to work on this. Right, you're a mess. We're just going to get your ass together. That's not through the Spirit. That comes from somebody else. It may come from our own uh, our own negative thinking. It may come from the devil. It may come from you know, from Satan. This this being that grace says, Jesus grace says to us, this is the truth about you, and this is the truth about who you can be, and let's make it happen. And oh, by the way, you too, it takes time. Like. Whatever the size of the Spirit's goal for you, you cannot finish unless you start. I stay off all my thinking of that. It's really obvious, isn't it? You can't finish something you don't start. And so, you can make excuses. Or you can make progress, but you can't do both. You, you can compare yourself to others, or you can grow, but you can't do both. Ask Moses. You go to the beginning of the book of Exodus, chapter 3 and 4, he has his encounter with God in a burning bush. And God says, I want you to go down. I've heard my people that have been crying and want freedom, so go. And Moses says, Man, no, no, no. I can't stop. Well, here's, here's a couple of uh, miraculous 
things you can still get. You know, you can do this or you can do that. And, oh, those are good. Wow, that's pretty impressive. But they say, keep sending. If you're not saying it, it's not about what else. What else do you do? Well, I don't know exactly sure what happened. It does say that the Lord was a little frustrated. I personally think, in my mind, if I was going to make a movie out of it, the books would go. Good point. Good point. Don't smoke the pot about food. Food is really good. After that one, it was white, and it was brown, and now it's white, and it's all hot. Ah. Yeah, I think it's exactly good to go. Okay. You can make excuses, or you can make projects. You can compare yourself to others, and you can grow. But you can't do these things at the same time. Whatever the size of the Spirit's goal for you, you cannot change unless you start. If you don't start, you're not going to change. Now, perhaps you've simply given up on the idea of growing. You, you don't set goals, you make resolutions, you, you, you settle for what is instead of reaching for what could be and Jesus. You, you live without the joy that comes from learning to love like Jesus loves. I just want you to know you can do better than settling for how things are. And you may be thinking, yeah, but the way things are is way better than things ever used to be. Okay, I understand that. But can you imagine? Six, 12 months from now, looking back and thinking, this is way better than it was then. And oh my God, it's great. This is absolutely amazing. You see, you can achieve the goals that the Spirit has for you, but you have to do something about it. Whatever the size of the Spirit's goal for you, you cannot finish unless you start. So, what does that mean? Again, you think and pray to determine the Spirit's goal for you. And I'm going to I'm going to play off a little bit of last week's sermon here. Not going to repeat it, but I'm just going to just remind you of this. You need to think Jesus can do anything big. Don't 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 limit him. There's a song that I've been listening to that I really love. Well, excuse me. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I, I want to know you. So take the limits off of what I think about you. And if we start to think and to pray to determine the Spirit's goal for us, one of the things we need to do is ask Him to take the limits off of what we think He can do in us and through us. You know, let me, let me give you a, let me give you a few real quick examples of, uh, uh, of, of Jesus can do anything big with size goals, okay? Um, you can know the freedom from the restraints of unforgiveness. I don't mean to be 
other people to give and to all the people turn them over to God to do whatever God wants to do. As long as you're hanging on, they somehow find a way to keep them. You're insane. You can have victory over rejection or harassment. Thank you. 
adequate guidelines, these are remembered. Clean cities, at cross, and deep. Before Jesus, before cross, all of us are dead. And then at the cross, he came to me, he gave me forgiveness, he gave me grace, he gave me acceptance. Place of calls for labor seems so small and distant. 
Thank you. 